Major League Baseball. This is the Nosebleeds Podcast on WFUV Sports. Welcome back to the Nosebleeds Podcast, WFUV's exclusive baseball podcast. I am joined with Brendan Shorey and Nicholas Palmer all the way from the West Coast. WFUV representing on both coasts of the United States. And we're ready to talk it up, chop it up, and talk some baseball. So, first off, guys, how are you? Yeah, you know, we're uh, hitting you with that coast-to-coast coverage, as we do. Um, I'm excited. This is my first time on this show. Um, I've been wanting to do it for just about a year. And uh, I'm very excited that I get to talk about baseball, which, admittedly, is probably my favorite sport. So, I'm glad I get to talk it up with the Mets fan some reason a rangers fan and uh we'll, we'll we'll see where this goes uh but both of you uh have some reasons to be happy right now so brendan how are you doing buddy i'm doing good just like you first time on the pod excited to talk some ball my team is doing well new york teams are doing decently well right now so a lot of good stuff to talk about and i'm excited to get into it two rookies making their debuts today it's always good got some a lot of stuff to talk about and i think it's appropriate to start with the Mets and everything that's been happening because first, basically like the Yankees, the Mets were rolling and, you know, they go into Chicago, they drop two games, two games that they should have won. Let's be honest, should have won. And the Cubs are not good. They have not been good. And especially coming off a sweep of the Guardians, right? And, you know, taking two out of three from the Rays, Best team in baseball, still the best team in baseball. And there's just a lot of questions. And I don't even know where to begin. I think, first off, the Mets have a DH problem. And their designated hitter spot is not good. And I've seen all over Mets Twitter, Daniel Vogelback, they're all calling for his head, Tommy Pham. And you just got to wonder, like, from the Mets DH position, they've combined eighth worst in the MLB. Their batting average is 224, slugging 359, and they're sixth. Only six home runs they have from their DH spot. That's not good. That's not a winning formula. So I don't know what the Mets should do. Personally, I think they should call up Ronnie Mauricio or maybe even Mark Vientos put him more in the DH spot. Talk about the baby Mets. We'll get into that. But I don't know what you guys have to say about that, but Mets DH spot is definitely something they have to fill. Yeah, that's definitely a problem for the Mets right now. And I feel like, you know, what? this this is my first time on here, so I'm going to say something a little bit crazy. Um, I think that the Mets fans went into the season thinking that their team was going to win over 100 games with that expectation. That you have to keep in mind that last year everyone was firing on all cylinders for most of the year. Um, you got you you got Ben, Bo- uh, sorry Daniel Vogel back from the Pirates, and he was all of a sudden like a revelation and was crushing baseballs left and right. I don't think you can expect that from him for the whole year. So so you know what I'm I'm giving Vogie 
the past there also I just have like a personal affinity for Vogelback but um you know I I think the rookies are still a little bit too green um especially with guys like Vientos um or I, I think Alvarez actually has come into his own a bit um, I, I heard, uh, Anthony Bartiromo call Alvarez a top five catcher in baseball. I don't know if I agree with that. I replied yet, with a list of Not about yet. 11 catchers that I thought was better than him. Um, he didn't like that very much, but yeah, I, I think the Mets have some problems. I think some players will step up. Some might fall back, but I, I think they're in a comfortable spot for a wild card spot at the moment. I think it is still a little, a little too early into the season to start panicking. Yeah too much um i say you give you give fam you give vogel back some time uh see if they come around if they give them give them like another month or so if if they still have yet to to come around then you need to start looking elsewhere to see if you can bring up someone who can deliver from that dh spot yeah and i think you know what you want out of Vogelback is power. You're not looking for contact, specifically behind Alonzo. That's your power guy. And you need the power from Vogelback too. And honestly, it's just not there. And some interesting stats, Vogelback, he's always been prided for his eye, right? That he has such a good eye. He's not swinging at 46% of pitches that are going right down the middle of the plate. And then on the outside of the zone, 28%. So he's not even attempting to make contact. And you think when the shift goes away that guys like Vogelback, you know, they'll be able to pull the ball and get it through that second baseball. That's not happening. And, and things like that, that can be a very bad thing. And, yeah, 368 on base percentage, that's cool. It sounds great. But a lot of it's just the walks. And you need power out of Vogelback. And I think that's something that the Mets – We'll definitely look to, I think, hopefully, Mark Vientos. You know, you call the guy up and you don't even play him. That's something that's not that good. And Vogelback, two for his last 22 with eight strikeouts. So that's definitely something the Mets need to watch out for. You talked about it, Nick. Um, Alvarez, he's been amazing. Six home runs, 13 RBIs. Um, Had a home run last night off Marcus Stroman, which... You know, Marcus Stroman went eight, eight innings against us and absolutely diced us up. He's coming off the mound, banging his chest and all that. But I love what I'm seeing out of Alvarez this year. And he's really turning into the prospect that we expected him to be. I wanted to ask you about the Stroman situation because people do seem to be a little bit upset about it. Yeah. Uh, you know, Stroman obviously pitched for the Mets uh, 2019 and 2021, and then he opted out. Uh from, he opted out from the COVID season, right? Yep. Um, yep, and then the Mets didn't re-sign him. He got a three-year deal from the Cubs for like 80 million bucks. And yeah, he he absolutely shoved. Um, do you think what he did was disrespectful? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I mean, come on. Like, and then you go run to your phone and go tweet a little silence emoji. Like, what are you doing, man? Come on. Yeah. Like, grow up. Grow up. You know, it's just... I don't know. I don't know. Stroman, that's a whole nother thing. But Alvarez, I mean, over a thousand OPS in his last 12 games. And the Mets catching coach, Glenn Sherlock, said he's like a sponge. You know, when Alvarez first came into the league, something that he was definitely getting a lot of blame for was his defense. He couldn't play defense. And I've watched him every game. That is not the case. He's like a cat back there. And his arm is so good. He's so attentive. Check swings. He's always making sure there's a call. So, I mean, it's nice to have a catcher that, you know, 
especially with Nito and Narvaez and our whole catching situations messed up as it is. But I mean, yeah, it's, it, it's tough. It's really tough right now. And, you know, the Mets are only 25 and 25. It's not that bad. They're only five and a half games back tied with the Marlins. Um, but, you know, it's it, a lot of big wins this week for the Mets. That's something that I think we tend to overlook because week to week, you listen to nosebleeds. It's a whole different kind of mentality between uh, week to week and how these teams are performing. I think the game of the year originally, if you were to ask last week, it was the game against the Rays. Pete Alonso, the walk-off home run, um, 8-7 win. But then you go to that Guardian series where the Mets sweep them. I mean, Alvarez, second straight game with a home run, ties it up in the ninth. Lindor comes through against his old team. You know, Alonzo, a grand slam, game-tying grand slam. It, it, you know, there's games like that that make me want to believe more in the Mets, but it's a game like last night where you can't even beat the Cubs that makes me think, again, we'll probably just be a wild card team. I got, I got one more question for you on conduct uh, because – Obviously, Strowman, right? What you say that's unacceptable. Okay. Um, Pete Alonso, all right. He hits a home run, and in the post-game interview, he says a word he shouldn't say. And Showalter goes on the Michael Queso and says that it okay. bothered him that Pete Alonso dropped the F-bomb um during the post-game interview. Uh, but Alonso said that Buck hasn't talked to him about it in private. And Alonso said, I said it, I can't take it back. Do you think that that is also unbecoming of him? Yeah, I don't know. I think, yeah, I think LGM is really the, you know, the acronym we should be using. I mean, even Jerry Seinfeld, I think, came out and said, you know, let's calm it down with the LGM. Because right. there are there are kids listening at the end of the day. Yeah. And you don't want to you know, start anything else. But yeah, I think one, that's not going to happen again. I, I'm pretty sure that's the last time Pete will say that on live television. But yeah, I, I don't know. It, it should be something that, you know, should be avoided, I think. But, you know, but I mean, yeah, it's just a, a lot of a lot of toss ups with this Mets team. You got to look to Marte to be a better production piece for the Mets. Lindor has been amazing. Nimmo's really found his way out of a slump. He had a three hit game on Tuesday. Uh, in that race series, he's the only one for 13, one for 13, yes. And he had seven hits in five games since then. So Nimmo's coming around. Um, you know, guys like Canna, Marte, you need production from. Vogelbacks are really, you know, something that I'm sick to my stomach about. But one last thing on Alvarez, because he's a big piece. And he's one of these parts of the Baby Mets that, you know, the Baby Mets, we shouldn't have to rely on them to be our main source of production. but they are our main source of production a lot of these games, and I don't think that's a bad thing. And Alvarez, at 21 years old, he's the youngest catcher to hit three home runs in four games since the great Joe Maurer did it in 2004. So, you know, those are things that you can't ignore, as crazy as they sound, and, you know, it's tough. And Saturday rained out, doubleheader on Sunday, the Mets shoved their two aces, Verlander and Scherzer, give you two amazing games. 14 innings pitched, only an earned run, a walk, and 10 Ks. So it's, you're always juggling these really good games with these really bad games. And we'll get to that with the Yankees, too. It's a similar thing. But I think, for me, the Mets fan that I am, you know, I would love to say we're going to win the division. It's still way too early with this Braves and how good they're doing. But 
I think I think you can't ignore it. You can't ignore these really big wins. Uh, uh, taking two out of three from the Rays and then sweeping a good Guardians team, that says something. And, and that's something you got to really look out for. And my last thing on the Mets, I think, you know, we should call up Ronnie Mauricio. I think that should be done. That's the last piece of the baby Mets who should be up in our system. And Mauricio is hitting 351, seven home runs, nine stolen bases with a 976 OPS in 194 at bats in the minors this year. So, and the exit velocities on those were pretty good, 115 plus. So, Mets will figure it out. I'm not too worried. The Mets always seem to do this every year, whether they start off hot and then implode or they start off cold and then pick it up. Um, that's the Mets. Yeah. I don't know if you guys have anything else to say that hasn't been said already, but please, I mean, I don't know. Brendan, where do you see them? Where do you see the Mets finishing? Well, I mean, they, I, I think they'll pick it up. They haven't been playing great baseball as a reason. They've been so on and off, but it's like, it's like Verlander said, he said, you're a good team. If you're playing bad baseball, you can stay around 500. And then once you're actually playing good baseball, you can pick it up and get those wins. I think eventually, I think end of season, we'll see them pick, we'll see them have pick, uh, picked it up and they will be possible division winners, but definitely a wild card spot. Um, but they just, they're not playing good ball right now and they need to fix that. That they do. That they do. And a team that needs to pick it up after last night and last night alone okay. is the New York Yankees <laughs> because. You know, you get a great start from Nestor. He had to bounce around a little bit of trouble in the third inning and here and there. But through the seventh inning, he was pitching very well. And then he gives up a walk. He gives up a single and then gives up a three-run home run. So, Nick, I ask you, mm. if you're Aaron Boone, why didn't you take out Nestor Cortez last night in the seventh? This, it's a great question. And I, I think – with how recent starts have gone for Nestor Cortez. If you remember, he had a great start to the season. Then how about three starts where I think combined it was something like a 9.81 ERA over those three starts. Absolutely horrific. Uh, comes back with a bounce back. And then his last start before this, he cruised through six innings, went into the seventh inning, put on a couple of base runners and got pulled. The exact same thing just happened. So... This is something that we're not really used to seeing from Nestor where, you know, he he admitted even after that last start, he said, I ran out of gas in the seventh. Why are you putting him back out there for another seventh inning after he's given up one run of ball where I'm sorry, the second or third time around the Orioles lineup, they're going to start seeing Nestor Cortez because he only throws about 93, 94 miles an hour. So, you know, it, I, I feel like. Aaron Boone does have a lot of faith in his players. And I think that comes from him being a former player himself and, you know, the respect of the Yankees organization, but man, here, here's, here's also another point is that the bullpen is incredibly thin right now. Incredibly thin. I mean, you, you I'm, I have the, uh, their IL list right here and it looks like a freaking CVS receipt. I mean, there's, there's, there's a million people on here. Scott Afros needs Tommy John, Tommy Canely needs Tommy. John. Everyone needs Tommy John. They collectively all need Tommy John. Lou Trevino is out. Jonathan Loizaga is out. Ian Hamilton is out. Um, that's that's half of your bullpen. So it makes sense why when you're up four runs, 
that you want to say, all right, let's give Nestor the ball for the seventh. That way we can put in one of our lower guys like uh, Albert Abreu, who actually pitched kind of well. Um, but uh, I mean, I just wasn't impressed from Jimmy Cordero either. Um, yeah. They're putting out all these, I, I hate to say no name guys, but kind of um, because they simply can't put out Wandy Peralta and Clay Holmes every night. It's just not something you can do. No, you're right. And for anyone who's listening, yeah, the Yankees were winning, what, 5-1 and then had a brutal eight-run seventh inning. So, correct. you know, yeah. that was the Yankees last night. And, you know, you look about two weeks ago to this Yankees team, they were 18-17. and 17. Now they're, you know, 30-21. and 21. So they flipped things around, as the Mets kind of have as well. But if you if you asked a Yankee fan two weeks ago how their season's going, they would have said it's, like, the worst thing ever. Awful. Like, like, you know, and I think we should give our flowers to Aaron Judge, too, American League Player of the Week last week. He has been insane. Seven runs, two doubles, five home runs, 11 RBIs, seven walks, and a stolen base. He, Aaron Judge, you know what you're going to get from him. He, he's unbelievable. And you gotta, you don't want to rely on him, similar to last year and how the magical season that he had. Who knows what he's going to give? I don't think he's going to give you sixty. Um, but that's just my opinion. But you know, he's first in the league in OPS over a thousand. You know, he's yeah. absolutely tearing it up. And, and and you know, you know, yeah. Something I will say on that is, I think he is definitely the most valuable player on the team, probably in the league. Um, but Harrison Bader has been the highlight of this team for me, simply because they picked him up. At the deadline, he was injured. They didn't know what they were going to get from him. Since his start in the ALDS until now, if you put that into one season, he would be on track for 56 home runs since becoming a Yankee. Um, and that doesn't even go into his plus defense. I mean, it seems like every night he's making some diving catch in the outfield. And then maybe even the biggest thing, he takes away center field from Aaron Judge, a guy you just signed to a 10-year contract you don't want that guy playing center field and probably getting hurt. It lets him sit in right field in DH where he belongs. So he has been the best presence, I think, in the Yankees lineup. 100%. Two other presences. IKF, power surge out of nowhere. He's been eating his Wheaties, I guess. And I, I, don't, I mean, Glaber, too, looking like prime 2019 Glaber. I mean, it's crazy. Oh, don't say that. Don't say that. Because as soon as you say that, well, he starts hitting 180. Yeah, I, yeah, right. I mean, just the damage he did against the Orioles, what, two home runs last night? He really tore up the yeah. Orioles 2019. I mean, it's it's similar to that. But, you know, what do you have? 414-foot shot last night? Bomb. He had a bomb. And it's like you need that. And especially when you have guys like uh, Oswaldo Cabrera hitting, what, 203? You know, like, and no one's not... talking about it either. This is one of my yeah. issues with Yankees fans is is we decide who we want to hate on. Like, like we're we're picking lottery tickets just because you know IKF is an easy target or Josh Donaldson's an easy target. As Waldo Cabrera is hitting like one seventy and has done nothing all year, but because he's a rookie and a fan favorite, people seem to be letting it go. Similarly to like Vogelback, you know how people just sort of want his head for no reason. It's kind of odd. And you're right, because Donaldson, you guys, Boone said yesterday, Don, you guys play three against the Padres, then you have a West Coast trip, I believe, against the Mariners and then the Dodgers. Boone said I'm that going. Donaldson... Really? To the Dodgers? Or to the oh, Mariners yeah. Or... Nice. No, Dodgers-Yankees, yeah. Yeah, it'll That's be great. Sick. 
That's cool. That's very cool. And I mean, but Boone said like Donaldson's going to be an everyday player. You're going to see Donaldson playing on a field in a major league game. That is not something that I think personally should happen. I think take your money and run. Say you pulled a hamstring and take your what, 25 million year old this year and run away with it. You know, but I think he has, yeah, 21 million for 2023. He has a 16 million dollar mutual option in 2024 and a six million dollar buyout if the team declines it in 2024 as well. I mean, 2015 AL MVP, you know, these shouldn't be such falls from grace, right? But it is. Donaldson looks atrocious. He looks atrocious when he plays. And, you know, it. How can you say, how can Aaron Boone sit here and say that he's going to be an everyday player? I I can't fathom it. I don't, I don't know. The, the one explanation that I could give you is his defense because he is probably alongside Nolan Arenado and Manny Machado as the best defensive third baseman in the league. I, I mean, I mean he, he really just makes fantastic plays. But the problem with the Yankees is you have DJ LeMahieu who has won eight or nine gold gloves and you can sort of stick him anywhere, which is the beauty of him. Uh, But that's the only reason, but he looks lost at the plate, man. You see these compilations of Josh Donaldson striking out looking and they're like 10 minutes long or Josh Donaldson bat flipping things that aren't home runs. It's embarrassing to watch him play. Yeah. I mean, the dude's batting 125 this season. Like, I don't, I don't know how to be fair, possibly justify playing him regularly with that type of average you even can't. with the good fielding you just can't justify that you really can't and i don't know the yankees love to stick to their you know their roots and all this stuff but you know i don't know and another thing what happened with the amazon prime last night apparently like the broadcast was all messed up i, I don't know well, I, I couldn't watch it last night for some reason. I can usually watch it. I didn't get to watch it last night. Shout out Lou Orlando. Yankees beat reporter was there last Waited night. Waited in the rain. Yeah, 707 first pitch. They don't throw a pitch till what, 840? Like, he's just sitting there, you know. But I don't even Lou. really feel bad about the rain delay. I just feel bad that he had to watch that seventh inning. Yeah, well. I feel bad yeah, for anyone who's a Yankees fan after that inning. All right. Should, sorry. Should we give Brendan his little Rangers cameo? Brendan, tell us what's going on in Rangerland. Yeah, uh, we're doing great right now. I mean, second best record in the entire third best. Sorry, record in the MLB behind um, the Baltimore. Orioles and the Rays. Um, way ahead of where we thought we'd be. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm so happy with the Rangers right now. Who's Who's your most yeah. underrated player on the Rangers roster right now? Nathan. Uh, I mean, he's gotten some love recently, but Evaldi. He's gotten some love recently, but for how much we signed him for and just bring him in to be a second option, and he, he came out and he just – he recently ended the streak, but he threw 28 and two-thirds consecutive scoreless innings. Like, that's the type of stuff you get from your ace, and we brought him in to be our number two option. And so I think – I mean, he's gotten a little bit of love recently, but uh, he was left on for a lot of the year. Absolutely. And I think um, after his complete game last night, over his last five starts, no, this is this is averaging, by the way. He's averaging eight and a third per start with a 0.86 ERA, 0.64 whip, 35 Ks in 42 and a thirds innings pitched. 
that's dominance. That's real dominance. And, you know, you could say he's a fraud. I mean, you know, whatever. But at the end of the day, <laughs> Rangers are in first place. What, they take two out of three from the Pirates? Smoke yeah. to the Rockies. Like, and I think you have to worry about the Astros personally, six straight ALCSs. Like, they'll be right on your tail the whole season. But Altuve's coming back. I believe he is back, or he's yeah. Right? I, I yeah. think he's played a couple games. Um, but yeah, you know what? I'll I'll let you get on the Nathan Avaldi train because I just love the fact that so many people are leaving the Red Sox and finding success, like uh, JD <laughs> Martinez with the Dodgers. He's mm-hmm. hitting two sixty eight mm-hmm. with nine home runs, and he's a backup player. Like, are you kidding me? That yeah. is, it, it's just fantastic to see. Um, but somehow the Red Sox are doing fine. I mean, every team in the AL East is over five hundred. So, I mean, undisputed best division in baseball, probably. Absolutely. I think and, it's going to stay that way, too. And the AL East, they have the uh, the highest win percentage against other um, divisions, against any other divi- teams in any other division. There As you go. a collective division, they have the highest win percentage. So, I mean, well, that is, doesn't show. Is that just because Tampa was playing a bunch of bad NL teams to start with and the Yankees just swept the Reds? Like Very I feel like possible, that, but... <laughs> that that might Very have a lot possible, to do with it, but um, <laughs> it's still. I mean, some some teams have easier schedules than than the uh, than any team in the AL East. So. I'm I'm looking up strength of schedule right now. Um, <laughs> let's see let's see where where your Rangers second are easiest. Looking. Really? Yeah. Wow. Okay. So you I, guys saw, I saw it earlier today on Instagram. Oh. That's Second weird. Answer. It's this one says that you guys have the fifth hardest. Huh. Hmm. I mean, huh. teams also fluctuate. I mean, you know, good team. Like you can't right. really tell. You know. Yeah. So right. I mean, because you know, you have guys like the Cardinals in last place, and you're like, how did that happen? That's that's unbelievable too. Yeah. I, I can't even fathom. That. I'm not worried about them though. No. I, Neither am I. I mean, I am worried about Clark Schmidt pitching today for the Yankees, but, you know, that's another thing. Uh, you know, who knows? Who knows what you'll get out of Clark Schmidt? But at the end of the day, I can't talk because Cookie Carrasco is on the mound for us. So, you know, back ends of our starting rotations are abysmal, and they'll continue to be because that's without – I mean, what's Nestor's your fourth best pitcher when Sebi's pitching well and Rodon's healthy? So it's like – I don't know. Yeah, it's a a lot of a lot of toss ups, and you know the Yankees have a a tough, you know, a little bit of stretch coming up. They have West Coast trip, as we said, against the Mariners, Dodgers, and they return home, play the White Sox, Red Sox, and then the Mets. So that'll be fun. And then on the other side, the Mets, their schedule is not going to get much easier. They play the um the Rockies, excuse me. Uh, they lost two against them earlier in the year when they played, and the one game they won was like one nothing. Um, three against the Phillies, Toronto, Atlanta, Pirates, the Yankees, Cardinals, the Astros. That's a gauntlet, as Lou Orlando has said. That is an <laughs> Astros- that's a gauntlet for the Mets, and I- I'm nervous that they'll you know probably fall off. You just got to hang around with those games. You really can't take any of those games for granted, and. Specifically, this time of the year, it's you, you got to eat up these games while you can because September is going to come around and, you know, all hell is going to break loose. So at the end of the day, you've got to do what you got to do on that regard. And one last thing I think we should touch on is uh, Trey Turner. How bad has he been this year? 
what is going hey, on? You know, he just hit a home run. Well, yeah, last <laughs> to tie night, the game. Yeah, but his own mother was booing him before that. Oh, for four, and then he hits the home run. But sorry, Dan, I'm I'm here for the Trey turnaround. All right, so j- just give uh, it a bit. He's give he's... Lindor the All Star this year. Enough, 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 Trey Turner. But it's weird. It's weird though, right? Because like all of his numbers are down. He's hitting two fifty. He has four home runs, eleven RBI, six stolen bases. Just from the stolen bases, he had forty six in twenty seventeen, forty three in twenty eighteen, and even twenty seven last year. So his numbers are down, and, and the bases terms... are closer. Well, right, and that yeah, that also. It, I mean, but no, it, it does make sense though. He should be running more, and it's like he's yeah. not. Mm-hmm. And his batting average, I mean, by far, two fifty. That's the like the lowest that he's seen in the past couple of years. He was two ninety eight last year, three thirty eight and three twenty two with the Dodgers and the uh, Nationals, and then two ninety eight in the World Series season. So it's like, I don't know what's going on with Trey Turner. If your own mother's booing you, that's definitely not good. But, um, yeah, he snapped out of it last night in that two-run home run against the D-backs, and then they end up, what, Alec Bohm walking it off. So, you know. You're right. If, you know what, if if this continues for another week or two, then I'm going to be worried because I feel like even the best players are entitled to, like, a month, month and a half long slump yeah. uh, once or twice in their career. So, you know what, let's hope this home run is the turnaround because I really like him as a player, and I think his slides are the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. So. I mean, he started off hot this season. He started off batting over three hundred, upper three hundreds, and it's just constantly been dropping down to the two fifty mark now. So I mean, it's he's on a slide right now, and I, I hope he recovers because he's a great player. But yeah, the Phillies too under five hundred. I expected them to be right up there with us in the you know Marlins and the Braves and competing and you know everything that happened last year in the world series run so it's gonna be interesting hangover um probably i, I think know. that only counts if you win brendan <laughs> <laughs> it'll probably count in some way though you know but... <laughs> that that's the worst kind of hangover is that you lo- <laughs> you have a hangover from losing the world series yeah that's <laughs> that's pretty bad hey i'm all for the hangover if the astros have one. Oh. Oh, that would be great. Oh my goodness. The Astros, man. You you gotta watch out for them, Brandon. We don't have to worry about them, but geez. Well, they we're watching. Out. We're watching. We Definitely. Definitely. But you know, baseball continues to find its way and continues to do its thing. And at the end of the day, it continues to move on. And as we will do here at WFUV. And in the Nosebleeds podcast, we'll continue to talk baseball. We'll bring it to you every week. But my name is Dan Bartels, Nicholas Palmer, and Brendan Story. It's been a hell of a podcast today. We'll be back next week. Thank you for joining us at WFUV.